Hey y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is volume 65. Yep, 65. 65 says Travis, uh, it's been quite a week for me already as we tape this. It is Tuesday, August the 6th, and I have, I have been all over the place. I went to Clemson, and then I went to Miami, and now I'm in Bristol, Connecticut. How about this is the first time we've ever taped a podcast sitting here together? Second. We, it is? You forgot about the one that we taped at Augusta National. Oh, yeah, that one. Got well, yeah, I'm in Bristol. This is a little bit different environment, guys. I got this big, fancy studio. I got a camera staring at me. I got computers everywhere. Less decorum than when we were in Augusta National. Much less decorum. But it's been an amazing week. This is actually today, the day that my book, Never Settle, Sports Family and the American Soul, drops. It is actually in stores and being shipped to your homes. Thank you so much to everyone who's already purchased the book. It's been quite a whirlwind. Uh, and, and just humbling to get to tell stories about people like Tiger Woods and Michael Vick and Brandon Marshall and Tony Finau and Nick Saban and Tim Tebow. Tim's impact on my life is, is very notable. Tim told me last year, he basically sat up in his seat and demanded, don't let anyone else define your life. They don't have that right. And it gave me this brand new, brilliant perspective that you own who you are. Someone else doesn't have the right to do so. And so having the opportunity to tell all these stories, and that's very weird, Travis. I'm actually watching myself on television as we do this. This is an interview that McGee and I did at SEC Media Days with Kelly Bryant, the new quarterback for the Missouri Tigers, and our boy Barry Odom. But it's been quite a week, and, and it's not over yet. I'm in Bristol all day today doing various shows, and then I head down to New York City where I will be on Good Morning America on Wednesday, Travis. Do they know that? Uh, they actually they do it. know that. I had a pre-interview on Monday, which was interesting. That sounds fancy. I, very fancy. I've never had a pre-interview before. Uh, and the questions were so unique and new and different, and I really appreciated that. So uh, hopefully Good Morning America goes well for me. Um, as I said, I was at Clemson, and, man, they are uh, an embarrassment of riches offensively, what so, they have there. So you interviewed Dabo, but what, like... Extensively. But yeah. what, just being around, what's, like, some, a takeaway that maybe people haven't heard from just your report that you did? Like, what's some stuff that you you noticed? Or there you- were There were several things that I wanted from him. Also had the opportunity to interview Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback. Heard of him. He's all right. Um, kind of good. He's, uh, man, he's unbelievable. If he were draft eligible, he would be the number one projected pick right now. Uh, just an unbelievable skill set, crazy body. Uh, that was one thing that Dabo Sweeney wanted to see from him this offseason was physical maturation and leadership maturation. And he feels like he saw he, he he achieved both of those. Trevor's up to two twenty. When he got to campus, he was about two oh five, somewhere around in there. And it's just all muscle. He's just filling out like crazy. Well, people forget that he didn't start the season, right? Kelly Bryant like, did. It's so like the room that he's got to grow. That that's the scary part is the dude's just getting started. It's just hard to find when, when someone goes fifteen and zero. The first 15-0 and 0 team since 1897, 
and puts up unbelievable numbers and slices through an Alabama defense that had pros everywhere. Uh, it, it's very difficult to be nitpicky and find those areas of, of improvement. But I think the biggest one that was demanded of him outside of that physical growth was to become a vocal leader, to demand of your teammates that level of excellence, because Sweeney has told me in the past when he had Deshaun Watson that it's coaching is so much easier when your best players are your best leaders. And he really does demand that of his quarterbacks. So, and let's, let's talk about Kelly Bryant for just a minute. I found it to be so telling, you know, since he's on the TV screen with McGee and I right now, it makes me think of that. Kelly, eight of his former Clemson teammates showed up at the Missouri spring game. That tells you a lot. A lot. Tells you a lot about how he was perceived and beloved in the Clemson locker room. It tells you about the friendships and the relationships that he built and that he maintained. And I think that he made such a good choice going to Missouri. If he was going to leave Clemson, right, he made the decision, okay, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm going to transfer. Missouri's a good choice. Obviously, we're biased. We love Coach Odom. Love Coach Coach Odom. Odom's our dude. He's a beer-drinking, hell-raising old country boy from Ada, Oklahoma. Put his name on the sign, please. We love him. He's a phenomenal leader. But what they do with Derek Dooley is they run a pro-style offense where Kelly's going to have the opportunity to show his ability to play that type of football. And in the toughest conference, sorry, Mr. Big Ten. Hey, I got it. In the toughest conference in the country. So I look forward to watching him play this year because I think he's going to do phenomenally well. Yeah, I think the pairing with Dooley and him, I think people kind of don't realize who's calling the shots on offense there at Missouri. And some SEC teams better watch out. Yeah, I think they have a really good opportunity. I was talking to Mike Ryan, the great producer of the Lebitard show, on Monday when I was down in Miami. I got the great opportunity to to do their show. We'll discuss that in a minute. But after the show was over, Mike and I taped a couple things for some upcoming content that he wanted. And he asked me about teams that I felt like could kind of have a Kentucky-like season this year. And I mentioned Missouri because I think their schedule's favorable. I think they have a lot of talent. I think that this is the year where you're really going to see Barry Odom's stamp on that program. You've seen it progressing. You've seen him building it his way. You've seen that he don't take no off of nobody when it comes to his kids he's so angry about these ncaa sanctions and he stood up and said it and no he took on the university of tennessee mm-hmm. when he felt like they were trying to poach his players he, he will say what's on his mind he doesn't pull punches he tells you like it is you know he's a straight shooter right down the fairway and 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 again he's one of those leaders that you want to play for so I expect them to have a good year. I think they have the potential for a good year. Um, I look at Kentucky. What they did last year was phenomenal. Mark Stoops looked McGee and me right in the eyes during talking season in July and said, guys, trust me, we're a very special group. And they went out and won 10 games with Benny Snell for Heisman, with, uh, of course, Josh Allen on the edge. Our boy Cash Daniel, who is my favorite player in college football. I, I was just going to say he is uh, – 
top five player for me. Just uh, I like I don't I just want to watch him. Like not even sometimes play football. Like last year, there's a video of him just taking two Gatorades, smashing them together. He's like, Baker he's Mayfield. Cold. Yes, he is amazing. He's Baker Mayfield on defense. Uh, and who loves to fish? I think it's so fascinating that he wants to be a pro fisherman someday. Uh, just our kind of guy. He's he's a country boy from Eastern Kentucky who is so proud to represent where he's from and does it so well. Should I just go ahead and send a request right now? I think so. I think we should we should definitely get cash on the on the Marty Smith's America podcast just so we can kind of flush out. McGee and I had the great opportunity again to to speak to him at at talking season this year down in Hoover, Alabama, and I loved learning about him. I loved learning about why he operates the way he does and the pride with which he does it. Just my kind of guy. So uh, I feel like you know eight wins for Kentucky this year would be a, a they lost they lost some talent. I'm always going to root for Stoops. Me too, because he's a Youngstown boy. He's a Youngstown boy, and uh, Marty McGee's his favorite show, and he likes toast. He does like oh oh, oh like Wonder Bread, you cornbread White biscuits, Wonder Bread. Nope, give me toast. So funny. Um, let's go back to Clemson just a minute. Uh, while I was down there, I just look around at the size and speed of the athletes. You know the coaching pedigree with and the continuity. That is so underappreciated is the continuity that comes with Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott being there under Dabo for all these years, former walk-ons, just like their head coach. you got Brent Venables on the defensive side, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, and isn't leaving. Well, think about that. Saban, I think the number is, has lost 22 assistants in the span that Dabo has lost two. Right. And to Brent Venables, to talk about him, we had Gerald McCoy on. And who did he credit for a lot of that success? That's right. BV. That's right. And and that's a that, that's one of the big differences over the past few years between Clemson and Alabama. I was on Golick and Wingo this morning, and Mike posed the question: How would you describe the difference in coaching philosophies between Clemson and Tuscaloosa? And they are dramatic. I mean, at at the fundamental level, they're the same because it's get great players in here and develop those players and take them from high school boys into NFL men. But the way that they go about that transition is dramatically different. And when you're Coach Saban and you have had to manage all of that turnover with your assistants, that is not an easy thing. It, look, it's such a testament to that guy's ability. It is an unbelievable endorsement of his ability to motivate, to cultivate, etc. And he is pissed off entering this season. Yeah, I'm scared Because about of how last season ended. He didn't feel like his players were prepared. He uh that that game, that loss, that whooping left a very sour taste in Tuscaloosa. Like I don't think they've ever had a game like that under like since Saban's got it rolling. Like they've, they've had big losses but never a whooping like that, no. let alone on that magnitude. And that one having had conversations with him in the past about big wins and big losses, he doesn't remember wins, man. He doesn't remember details yeah, he's about got so wins. many of them too. He remembers the losses, and they they haunt him in certain ways. And he hasn't had to your point. He hasn't had one like that. People seem to forget Bama was up sixteen to fourteen, and then Clemson reeled off thirty straight, boat raced him, and man, he's not happy. Yeah, he's lost to Ole Miss. He's lost to you know some other teams, the Ohio State, but never the way. That Clemson put it on them. No, they and they did. They put it on them. 
So it's going to be so fun to to get started this season. We are only a couple weeks away from kickoff, the Miami-Florida game. I can't wait. I'm actually going to Gainesville the week of that game to spend some time with Felipe Franks, the quarterback for the Gators. And, look, I mean, what an interesting young man. He's like this Hunter Renfro-esque figure, J.J. Reddick-esque figure, Bobby Hurley, who has been in college for 17 years. And... Or it feels that way because we've heard his name since he was a freshman. Unbelievable physical gifts. Is this really the year that he takes that progression and that step under Dan Mullen and becomes, uh, fulfills that promise? I want to get into it with him about, I can't imagine what it would feel like as an insecure person. Most of us are insecure to some degree. To be booed off the field by your peers, by your classmates. How does that impact you? Like, it's got to be hard no matter what, but when you, it's in the college level, 18, 19 years old, and you're getting booed at home. By And here's the other thing. Every quarterback that goes to Florida from now on is always going to be judged against Tim Tebow. No doubt. You, you, you just can't match what Tim did, unfortunately, but you're going to be held to those standards. And I'm hoping that, you know, Dan Mullen, I think another year, those two together might be able to get something going, you know, because you're right. It's been tough and up road hill battle for Felipe. And maybe this is the year that those two can link up and do something special. Well, I really look forward to spending time with him and, and learning about him as a, as a person. You know, we've been talking about my book, Never Settle. It's available everywhere now. Y'all can go to Barnes and Noble, Target, Amazon. I just, I just got to text somebody got their book in the mail. So awesome. Uh, I'm just so appreciative uh, of you guys believing in me and, and buying that book and reading it. And I want to hear what you have to say about it. Please send me your feedback at Marty Smith ESPN on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Send me a video. Leave a review. Leave a review on uh, on uh, when you subscribe to the Marty Smith America podcast. We're uh, we're just pumped. But, but as I've been discussing the book on all these platforms, I – have been discussing the fact that I get to humanize these guys. I get to take these these subjects that we all admire so much and find their kind of vulnerable places that we can all relate to. And and that's what I hope to do with Felipe. It's going to be fun. Speaking of your book, what were the emotions like when you first held the final copy? Uh it was extremely emotional. We were we were in Hoover, and I had asked my publisher to send a case of books down there that I could give away to some media. And it it was a really odd, difficult thing to to describe because it's all of this emotion, and for me, it was a lot of joy, a lot of perspective, a lot of hurt a lot of pain and uh, a lot of relationships and a lot of friendships and the love of my life in Laney and losing my parents so young. My mom was only 47. My daddy was only 60 and I was 31 when he died. And so I just poured so much into this from a life lessons perspective and how each of those individuals helped shape this person that I am. And when you're holding that in your hands, 
it's a hell of a thing because, you know, I've told you this many times, Travis, when you, when you make yourself vulnerable that way and you're putting this energy out into the, to the world, you have to be okay with whatever energy comes back to you because it's authentic. If, if you did it right, if it's authentic to who you are, then you have to be okay with whatever comes back. And I'm not, I'm pretty, pretty transparent that way. I have some anxiousness because I want it to be well received and I hope it's, I hope it impacts some lives. Um, so you're up here doing your tour and we put a little thing on Instagram, but I think we need to talk about it. I pick you up at the hotel and you're driving and you say you need scissors. I really needed scissors. What happened? Um, uh, so I packed the wrong undershirt. When I wear a suit and a, and a, and a nice button down shirt, some guys are not undershirt guys. Some guys just put on the button down and they let it ride. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. My pits sweat too much. Yeah. So I wear a, an undershirt and I realized as I was getting dressed this morning that I packed the wrong undershirt. I wasn't, I'm not wearing a tie. I'm open collar today with jacket, but the undershirt had a collar and it was peeking out Ugh. from the button down. That's a pet peeve of mine. It's ridiculous. It's, uh, it's unacceptable fashion practice. Like why do you even own a regular? undershirt just have all v-necks well sometimes i forget my undershirts altogether, and as you know it takes an entire tribe to get me up in it the does morning take a village i think someone was kind enough to go buy me undershirts when i requested of them for a favor and they did so and maybe they bought me these with a collar so yeah i had to cut a v-neck into marty's undershirt today at 8 30 in the morning i requested of travis that he please go find some scissors almost cut you and my finger and i undid my shirt and travis cut the right down the middle like cut my shirt and it is now a v-neck it's a homemade v-neck it is a homemade v-neck we made it in home ec class so you decided to write this book during college football season so what are you gonna do this season are you actually gonna like relax for a minute well this season's a little different i'm uh for those of you who may not know, uh, Laura Rutledge, our phenomenal host and reporter who is everywhere, is having her first child very soon uh, this fall. And when she leaves for maternity leave, I am going to leave my reporter role and host SEC Nation alongside Tim Tebow, Marcus Spears, and Paul Feinbaum. That could, and, get, off, that could get off the rails. Man, it's going to be so fun. Speaking of anxious, I've never done it before. And so it's a new challenge and an exciting challenge. And I can't wait to be in front of a live audience like that and feel that energy exchange. Us giving everything we got, you giving everything you got, and let's meet in the middle and make a moment. Well, you think about who you're teaming up with. Paul Feinbaum is the voice of the South. He is the voice of the South. Tim Tebow is he's Tim Tebow. And then you have Marcus Spears, a.k.a. Big Swagoo. Tim Tebow is the, the, the famous guy at ESPN. I maintain often that we have so many recognizable names. We have people who are wildly successful, known in public. People want to take pictures. I think we have one famous guy. Yeah. So and S it's Tebow. SVP is the face of ESPN. Yes. Tim Tebow is the biggest name. He's He can't go to the store down the street no. and just get, you know, some beer. No, like, he can't. Well, he probably doesn't drink he, beer. He, he wouldn't be getting beer anyway. But yeah. 
so so you make a good point. Van Pelt, extremely, extremely well known. Face of the company. Stephen A. Extremely well known. Yes. And revered. Another face of the company. Herb Street. Like these guys are titans. But Tim is famous. He's Tim bleeping Tebow. He sure is. I can't wait for you guys to read the chapter in the book about Tim and his impact on me because it came out of nowhere. It was, I'm not going to get all preachy, but it was a God thing. It was bigger than us that he was with me in that moment of vulnerability. I was having a pity party. I was having a woe is me, just unacceptable way of thinking and viewing the world in that moment. And boy, did he snap me right into reality real fast. I can't wait for y'all to read it again. Please subscribe, rate, and review. I want to hear what you guys think. Travis wants to hear what you guys think. We're, I'm a little interested that so many people seem to enjoy. I hope I don't break that mic. So many people seem to enjoy when we just sit here and rap. I love having Justin Moore on last week. I got a lot of feedback from that interview with him and how cool it was. And it's so great to, to, to have him on. But when we just sit here and talk ball, People seem to love it. It's just interesting. Speaking of Tebow, though, I'm, I am I would like an apology from him for what he did to me in 2006 and 2007. If he could, if I could get a, an apology from him for the beatdown that he served up. He to might Ohio just State. show you his rings. Yeah, I, so, I, yeah. But also, I, for the people listening that have the book, I want them to tweet out photos of how they're reading it, whether it's with a cold beer or just on the couch or beach. If, on the beach, at the Mountains. lake, or wherever you're at, if you're reading that book, snap a photo and tweet it at tweet it at Marty, tweet it at myself. I want to see these photos and kind of see where you're watching them. We'll discuss that. them every week. We'll do it. I'll do it every single week, man. Uh, because uh, y'all, this is not the last time y'all are going to hear about this. This is a this is a project that's so important to me. It's one of my most. I don't even know what word to use. It's just humbling. Is the only word I can 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 use that i got the opportunity to do this travis if you don't know your numbers you don't know your business but the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is that their hodgepodge of business systems is confusing we could use the help with numbers we're not good with that yeah they have one system for accounting another for sales another for inventory and so forth it's just a big old inefficient mess Taking up too much time and too many resources, and what does that do, sir? It hurts the bottom line. I want to introduce you guys to NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow your business. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, accounting, orders, and human resources instantly right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash marty. That's netsuite.com slash marty to download your free, that's zero dollars and zero cents, guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. netsuite.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. So y'all make sure you go check out netsuite.com slash Marty and you can help grow your business that way in a very efficient manner. I, I'm so appreciative of you guys for tuning in every single week. 
to listen to the podcast and and supporting Travis and me and everything that we're doing. Can't wait for the season to start. I'm just I'm chomping at the bit. I cannot wait. Thank you so much to those of you who've picked up my book, Never Settle, Sports Family and the American Soul, and supported me that way. I really appreciate it. And not only do you guys support me, uh, you also support other – oh, Tim Tebow's calling me right now. Not he, only – I want an apology. Yeah, yeah, he heard you. He heard you. Timmy knew. See, that's Tim. Tim hears all. Not only am I so appreciative of you guys for supporting me, it means so much to me that Dan Lebetard and his crew support me the way they do. They've made stars out of folks like Amin El Hassan and Sarah Spain and Mina Kimes. And they have helped folks like me so much because their influence is just so dramatic in the way that they built their program and the amazing fan base that they have. That you guys, because you're fans of Dan's and Stu's and Mike's and the whole group, you become fans and supporters of us. Make sure you guys check out another podcast in the Levitard and Friends Podcast Network. That's what she said with Sarah Spain. This week, Sarah chats with Notre Dame women's head basketball coach Muffet McGraw about her press conference answer that went viral and her rivalry with UConn. Download now and subscribe. To that's what she said with Sarah Spain on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I can't wait to hear that because Coach McGraw has been this staple, this face of women's college basketball for so long. And I can't wait to hear that. Appreciate what Sarah does on the That's What She Said podcast with Sarah Spain. Uh, I was down in Miami this week to hang out with Dan and those guys because they believe in me. And, man, it's so inspiring to be around them, the way they built that thing, the camaraderie they have and the chemistry that they have, and the way that they – the takes that they have on sports, the way that they look at sports. When I hear that dude talk, I'm just like, gosh, he's the smartest guy. It's amazing. I love listening to what he has to say. It's, it's, he presents it in a different way that makes you think about something that you wouldn't originally thought of. It's just so thoughtful. It's very thoughtful the way that he operates. And it's funny, I was reading a part of the book. I wrote a whole chapter about those guys and how I was on their show one day when we were at the White House. And it's a very funny chapter. But uh, so I'm so appreciative of them. I'm, I got to get down there more. And how funny was it? So I'm, I'm sitting in the, in the radio side, radio studio, and I hear, Marty, get in here. And Dan wanted me to come in while they were taping Highly Questionable with my book and just like dance in the background behind Poppy. Now I need to, I need to clarify something real quick. Everybody thinks Poppy got me again. Everybody thinks that did I got he? poppied. That is a lie. I did not get poppied. He put his hand out and I went to hand him a book and I said, man, you're not getting me, but everybody went, ah, oh, he got you again. No, he did not. Not this time. I didn't get to see. I saw they made a little gif of you just popping up with your books, but I didn't get to see the handshake. How kind is that? How selfless is that of Dan to say, hey, man, I want to give you this. Now, people don't do that. People don't do that for their friends, man. And he did that for me. I'm, I just appreciate him so much. He'd be so pissed if he knew I, I, if he knew I was talking about this. He'd be like, let's, shut up. Let's just give the credit to Stu Guts because Stu Guts will take the credit. Stu and will take it. it. So let's just give all the credit to Stu. Stu's a great guy. He's the one that runs it all. Stu will take it. So thanks so much to those guys for having us in the Levitard and Friends Podcast Network. And Travis, thanks for hanging out with me today. And look, I want y'all to hear this too before we get out of here. 
Speaking of good friends, Travis is such a good friend. I'm trying to make my way through this book tour. I'm on all these different platforms. I have to be here and there. I'm calling this show. I'm on this show. I have to be on a computer at this point, et cetera, et cetera. And I am a mess. It takes Travis. It takes Patrick Abrahams, my television producer. It takes uh, Baron Miller, who's the SEC guy, Tom McCollum from SEC. It takes McGee. It certainly takes Laney. Holy cow. Yeah, we're, we're all on Team Laney. Everybody is on Team Laney. And Travis, in order to help me out today, on the day the book comes out, a very emotional day for me, uh, a very packed day for me, a day that's important because you want to have the right messaging at the right times, Travis took the day off so that he could be with me this entire day and he could make sure that I'm at the right place at the right time from when the morning started on Golik and Wingo to when it will end this evening on the Scott Van Pelt Show because SVP is also a great friend and he believes in me and he is having me on tonight too. So I'm just so thankful and grateful for my friends and the way that they so selflessly take care of me. Just uh, thank you, brother. You're welcome. All right. We got to go to the next deal. Yeah, you've got uh, ten minutes for the next interview, so gotta we got to wrap. Got to get to the next interview. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Hit us up on Twitter, as as Travis said. Send us a photo of where you're reading the book. Let us know. Uh, so thanks so much for for listening. Thanks to Dan and Stu and all those guys again. Thanks to Louise. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over this country who are putting themselves in harm's way every single day. Thank you so much to our military men and women all over this world, domestically and and abroad. We're so appreciative of your sacrifice. We're going through some things right now, man. It's a tough time. But our servicemen and women are sacrificing every single day to make sure that we live in a free country and have the opportunity to aspire the way that we do. Allowing so, us to do the stupid stuff that we can do. Yeah, no doubt. So thank you guys. Y'all have a great week. We appreciate it so much. We'll try to do better next time. That's the Marty Smith America podcast, volume 65. See you next time around.